Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hi, and I'm Ryan Flayhive. Welcome, Ryan. It's a pleasure to get a chance to meet other, anytime I meet a podcaster that I haven't ever met before. I love talking to people who are passionate about the medium. Um, you're also clearly passionate about the message and what you're doing with the medium. So there's so many threads here to pull on. Let's let's start with, I know that you originally, and it's not because I'm omniscient, it's because we have these long conversations before we start. I know that you originally were talking about writing and writing a book and podcasting sort of became somebody suggested it might be easier to to release things or to deploy the pieces as you got them rather than making one whole big magilla of a book so i'm just wondering if you can tell me about your thought process like when did you realize when did you think that might really be a way to do it to just instead of writing a book create this short form podcast about climate change sure well my creative career has largely revolved around publishing and then my professional career as well. So I've got, you know, 20 plus years in, in big corporate publishing and I own my own little publishing company. And I really, I just love books. And as a father of two young girls who cares deeply about climate change, but doesn't have a lot of, you know, technical proficiency. I'm not an engineer. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to build a new solar panel, trying to figure out what I could do with my skill set to have an impact. And one of the ideas I came up with that I was very excited about was writing a book called The Heroes of the New Energy Economy and talking to the people who are who are impacting climate through their research, through their products, uh, through their activism, et cetera. And that just made a lot of sense for me. It fit right into my skill set. Yeah. And over lunch with a, with a buddy who was supportive of the idea and was going to introduce me to a number of people, he suggested that I consider a podcast. And I, at the time, I really thought of podcasts as kind of a millennial thing. I didn't really listen to them. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know exactly what you. Now I, you. now I have listened to a ton of them. Oh, I mean, oh I now I drank, I drank all the Kool-Aid. I drank all the Kool-Aid now. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, the format's amazing, and, and and I love it because it allows listening to a podcast. You can do something else. Like it's not like video that requires yeah. your full attention. So I listen to podcasts often on bike rides and hikes. So I'll like give the first half of my bike ride to listen to a podcast on one of the many topics that I'm interested in and then ride back and kind of in silence, but, and think about what I, what I learned. Um, but anyhow, so I started thinking deeply about starting a podcast and doing some research into it. And I'm a big follower of, of Seth Godin and he has a, a workshop called the podcast fellowship, which I just found out you're now a coach in. Uh, so I, I just missed you. Not, I think cause I was I'm not technically a coach. <laughs> sorry. Okay. I don't want to split hairs. I'm, I'm a volunteer. I go in as a remarkable, but yes, yeah, sorry. I just, I always, I always want to split that hair cause I'm not actually a coach. Sure. But anyway, sure. I interrupted you. Sorry. <laughs> Important work nonetheless. And I'm a big believer in, in the, the pedagogical approach that Seth uses for cohort based learning, meaning you learn in a team. Yeah. And so the fellowship was really amazing because it starts at the basics. Like here's the equipment that you buy. Here's how you write your intro. Here's how you pick music for your intro and then add it to your intro. And it's step by yeah. step. And at the end of the day, at the end of the cohort, you have your first couple episodes of a podcast. And it's it wasn't hard. It, they, now the editing can be hard. Um, and that's one of the reasons I love I love your format. And I'm kind of think I'm gonna steal this from you, <laughs> where you just you just steal go. Away. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, one of the things I mentioned was your podcast is also a short form. I'm gonna, like, we're going to derail your train of thought here, um, mm -hmm. but I think there's magic in that format. But but keep going. So, booked idea turns into interviewing people. Idea turns into podcast idea, mm -hmm. and then it you know I because I worked in publishing and did like I published the first ever undergraduate textbook on climate change, mm -hmm. and I, I managed a number of programs in the the geosciences and atmospheric sciences and biosciences. 
uh, biological sciences and have and met some of the greatest thought leaders, at least in academia. And so I was able to bring on some pretty heavy hitters up front, which is not usually how you do things in the podcast fellowship. You know, you, you interview your neighbor and you just get started. Right. And, Start with but, your brother, right? <laughs> <laughs> but what was great about that is I found that success breeds success. And so once you get, yeah. um, you know, someone who, who has a, a name recognition on your podcast, then you use that in your outreach to the next person. And that helps. And that, and that, that worked all the way up to uh, when I got Jane Goodall, which is kind of my drop the mic moment. And that's obviously the mm. first thing I tell somebody when I'm trying to recruit them for my podcast is you're in good company with Jane Goodall. Yeah. So it, it, and it's helped me build relationships with people that um, otherwise probably would not have met with me over coffee because mm. it just makes more sense. It's a podcast. It's something they get to walk away. Yeah. With. Well, there's the, I call it the force multiplier effect. So if you approach me and say, Hey, will you? And then I, I, I go, well, if I have coffee with you, it's just you and me and coffee. And I don't really know you that well. And that's gonna be great for you, but uh, man, no thanks. But the force multiplier says, yeah, well, if you and me do this thing, somebody's going to listen to it. Maybe thousands of somebody's. And unless I'm really going to dig in and really vet you, I'm going to guess it's at least hundreds, right? So people sort of give you uh, as the podcast creator, they give like, you did when I said, Hey, you want to, you're like, yeah, sure. Okay. Whatever. Like it gives us this ability to like carrot and stick people along. Like, no, I, Hey Ryan, I think you have something interesting to share. I really do. I'm not blowing smoke. I think you have something <laughs> interesting to share. So why don't you come and talk about it? So I'm totally, I love your, uh, uh inside the courses, they call it MVP, minimum viable podcast or minimum viable <laughs> product. And I love the way you're, you're like, wait a minute, I have this whole stable of people that I know these contexts that I'm comfortable reaching out to. Um, because you know, to, to you and me, that feels like that's the easy work, but that's actually really the hard work. Like the hard work was like the 25 years you spent, you know, working oh. in that, you know, industry or in that silo of working Still on there. academia and books and developing those relationships. So for you, it feels really easy to not have an access problem to get those people to come on. Um, but that's just like, what do they call that? Um, overnight 20 year success. You know, like, so I think it's brilliant to, to leverage that, to create you know, the thing you're making. Uh, yeah. Thank you. And, and then another piece of it too, that relates and it relates to a question that you asked that I haven't addressed yet is the format issue. So like you, I've chosen um, a shorter format and, you know, part of, part of that is I do think it's easier to recruit people when I say, Hey, it's a half hour total. Yes. And it's a 12 to 20 <laughs> yep. minute output. Um, so it's not, you know, I mentioned Tim Ferriss. I'm a big fan of his work. I, I almost never listen to his podcast because it's too long. Like I don't have that kind of time. So I'm also creating what I, what I like. And I mentioned Seth Godin. He's a really good thought leader and his podcast is around 15 minutes. So that seemed like yep. a good number. Every for week, me. you know what you're going to get. Yes. Mm -hmm. It just makes it easier for people to listen to it when it pops up, as opposed to putting it off, which means it's getting get yeah. buried behind all the other podcasts. <laughs> <The snow. laughs> yeah. Cool. Do you find, um, so, uh, by the way, this is one of my sticks. What number are you on? Roughly, give or take one or two. What oh, 70. 70. Like 70 something. Yeah. Congratulations. I, as you know, podcasting is a lonely world. The podcasters like work in their little offices doing their thing. Um, so I like to take a chance anytime I can to say, hey, Ryan, 70 episodes on like a particular topic and finding your groove. I really want to say that's awesome. 
um, I don't think enough people, other than the podcasters who are listening, I don't think enough people really understand how hard it really is, you know, to be the person who does all the stuff that nobody sees or hears. So congratulations on 70 and like, a, oh, it's you. over two years, right? You've been out, it started yeah, in about, it's a little yeah. over two years, yeah. Two years and 70 episodes. Have you given any thought to, um, what are your thoughts on publishing and like publication schedule? So we mentioned like Seth's Akimbo podcast is, uh, I'm going to say it's, it's frenetic, like it's every week. And I, I know a lot about how he does it and how they put the show together and he doesn't do it all himself, but still like it, anytime you have a weekly publication schedule that can become a slave driver or a, or a horrible burden. Um, so what are your thoughts on how did you settle into like, what is the pace that you're imagining and how does it feel when you have to let like a week go by? And like, what are your thoughts on pacing and cadence for all the podcasters out there? That's a really good question. So I think that one of the reasons that I got to 70 is that the coaches in the podcast fellowship and including Seth really hammer down on what he calls the practice, which is you ship, get stuff out there on a regular cadence. He gets it out every Wednesday morning. It's there, his podcast. Mm -hmm. And I did that. Um, and, and there are a couple of times I experimented with like, you know, should it be a Wednesday or a Tuesday? What are my ads? <laughs> How does it differ? Um, but what's happened in the last year, and, and part of it, frankly, is, you know, that I'm juggling a lot of different projects and a pretty intense day job um, that, that I really love, but takes a lot of time, is I've fallen off of the cadence of the, the calendar driving me mm -hmm. and more who, who, who am I interested in talking to and when are they available? And that's given me, a, a, and I'm going to sound really lazy because this is how I answered my format question, but it gives me a little bit of wiggle room to not work as hard as I worked early on. And to get things out when something's of interest to me. So I'm interviewing a guy today who is the founder of Bitcoin. And I've really dug in deep to um, regenerative ranching. That's kind of my passion. Regenerative farming and ranching is my, my big passion in the climate space. And he's a leader. And I just found out he's from Boulder. And I bought his book and reached out to him last mm -hmm. week. And we're talking today. Um, you know, and then I've got a bunch of other people lined up. But I haven't been as aggressive in the new year. And certainly wasn't as aggressive at the end of December. I took, gave myself some liberties. But I, I think that I want to get back into a regular cadence, maybe maybe a biweekly cadence, mm -hmm. um, which is maybe a little more sustainable. Uh, but if I could, I'm learning a lot from you in terms of just letting it rip and not feeling like I have to edit. If I could just do the interviews with less editing, that, that, that saves a lot of time. I, I think I over edit sometimes. Um, but yeah, for, for someone starting a podcast, I, I don't think I would have made it I don't think I would have survived if I didn't had have done a rigorous that. calendarization I, early up front. I agree with you 100%. I started, <clears throat> in fact, ironically, I, I, I journal a lot. Today is literally the five years ago on January 18th was the first day I turned a recorder on and tapped on a microphone. Like today is the five year anniversary. I was like, wow. Um, and I think in the beginning, being like a, a like, okay, this is supposed to happen on Tuesday. Then this goes on Wednesday. Then Thursday gets published. And then next week I'm doing this thing. And I got three people come. Like having that regiment is totally like how you get going. That was what got me to whatever modicum of success I have. So I totally agree with you. And I also agree with you. There's magic when you finally, and I don't mean finally like, oh, why did it take me so long? I mean, finally, like I've matured enough that I can let go of certain things. So I, I sat around before I started this particular show and I said, 
all right, what don't I give a shit about? <laughs> I don't give a shit about people's verbal tics. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother most people. I don't give a crap about occasional cursing or random two minute wanders. What do I care about? I care about talking to cool people. I care about doing enough of them so that I'm scratching the edge of conversation. Like, so I just like made this literal list of like must haves and don't care abouts and that it goes out at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday wasn't on the care about column. And I, I had my original show, which still goes on, um, was literally 10 AM on a Wednesday. We used to pre-schedule everything and it was like super regimented. And then one day we went, yeah, you know, like we don't really have something three weeks from now. So let's just take a pass. Um, so I think there's something about like showing up, uh, Stephen Pressfield talks about the muse, right? Show up, show up, show up, show up. And after a while the muse shows up too. And then now I think when we're able to spend, like when we're able to do the hard work and work hard on those parts, we make really great things. And it's like, yeah, I don't care about whether I publish every week because there'll be a few people who would listen to your show every day. The moment that it comes out, you know, like people who listen to Seth's like minutes after it drops, but most people have a queue and, and they're like, if we're lucky, they bump us to the top of the queue. So I think there's a lot of wisdom in, in what you shared there. And then what I was trying to reiterate about, you know, know what to be adamant about this, I must do, or I'm going to have a problem. Like me, I'm adamant about having the space, like this physical setup that I have. I never take this apart so that I can do a podcast, you know, at the drop of a hat because this is important. But, you know, whether I wear this shirt or that shirt or whatever isn't as important. Anyway, Another thing about the scheduling that I think is important for at least for people starting up to, to know is that early on, one of the harder elements is getting the right guests. If you, if you have a guest-based podcast, of course you don't, you can have your own podcast without guests, right, but right. Um, so having the cadence forces you to get those messages out to people and the yes. networking oh, out to people. Good point. Do the outreach. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And whereas now, like I've, now I've got a big binder full of people who've already said they're interested and I get incoming requests, hmm. you know, for people to be on my podcast. So that that tension that comes from who, who, who am I going to get isn't there anymore. And I can just choose, okay, this person's ready or go through my folder. You know, I'm ready for this person now because, you know, with the, with the, the, the climate meetings, the international climate meetings recently, you know, there are certain people I've been meaning to reach out to that I hadn't. I'm like, oh, I got to reach out to them now. Cause now this is timely. It's top of mind for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's not as important now for me to have the, 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 the bi-weekly or weekly regular schedule as it was before. But that's, again, it could be me being lazy and I, maybe I should jump back on that and get a little more productive and get more stories out there. You know, it, it depends on the, it depends on the people you're reaching out to. Um, so I have this show and then my other project, um, the other project is called movers mindset. Everybody listening knows that. And it's the, the, the humans are completely separate Venn diagrams. So the, the podcasters are one group. They totally love digital calls. They love audio gear. They're down for like staring at each other with funny headphones on. And the people that I interview in the other show are, are very, a lot of them are very outdoor. Um, people like to move in nature or they work in nature or they're running and jumping and playing in urban structures. And a lot of times I'm lucky if they have a cell phone that like whose battery will last for 20 minutes. Like it's, and I'm, I'm not dissing them. It's just for them, the technology is not even on their give a shit list. So, you know, they're not going to do Zencaster calls. Like for them, I have to record over zoom and for them, all the hard work is getting the schedule, the lineup where for the podcasters, they're very much like, Oh, you have a calendar link. Yes, please. They click on it. They, they, they self-serve. Um, so I think there's, there's an important piece there. And I, I'm thinking I probably should write something about this that, 
you have to, one host has to be mindful of who you're trying to get on your show. Like some people, you just can't herd them. They're just going to be cats. That's the kind of people that you're trying to get on your show. You have to just, oh, I guess I need to be less structured. And some people for, you know, like, oh, they're, I can be super regimented about it. So I think it's important to think about, you know, um, because you can like make rocks that you're going to smash your ship on. If you decide I have to be regimented and the people you're reaching out to, just, they're not that kind of person. Then you have to figure out how to, how to, you know, be the willow and bend in the breeze. Well, that's funny. You mentioned that. So generally, since I'm dealing with academics and business people, not technology is not an issue. A lot of them do podcasts regularly, but as I mentioned earlier, I've been really interested in regenerative ranching Hmm. lately. And that means I'm talking to a lot of ranchers. Mm-hmm. And some, some big names, like I had Jill Salatin was one of my, my first and people who are into regen will know who he is. Um, but he was on a mountaintop with his f- cell phone when we, when we did the interview, you <laughs> right. know, so there, I just had to give a disclaimer, like, sorry for the wind in the back. No idea. <laughs> and a lot of times I'll get these guys and I'll, the only time they can talk is 6am in the morning from their pickup truck, Yeah, you know? And so we just have to accommodate. And again, it's like, they, no matter how much I write up, this is what I, the, the minimum expectations necessary, you know, they don't, they don't necessarily read that. So they're in their pickup truck on their phone and they call me like, Oh, how am I supposed to do this? I'm like, well, log on your link on your computer. I don't have my computer. All right, let's figure yeah. this out. Hold then. on. What's your phone number? I'll send you a message. Right. But, yeah. but again, that, that, what you're describing there, that to me, that's the hard work. That's the good stuff. Like that's the, the heavy lifting that we do as podcasters that, uh, you know, I don't want like overly, whoa, we're shining lights, but that's what shines light and on people who wouldn't otherwise be heard. And, you know, it's one thing, I mean, Jane, I don't, I've never talked to Jane, I don't know Jane at all, but Jane Goodall has gotten plenty of press, right? And and it's great to hear about the children's project that she was talking about, but she doesn't really need another five minutes of fame. But what you do by getting those guys, uh, you know, in their pickup trucks at six in the morning, they would never be heard, you know, unless somebody ran into them or was, you know, who was really into it would go and find them. So I think that, you know, you and I are kind of like, in violent agreement that the things that we find that are like, oh, this is tedious and it's hard work, but yet we're still drawn to do it. It's because that's the right thing to be working on. That's what's calling us. Yeah. I had a, I had a, a young man from Uganda on my podcast recently, and he was at COP26 um, in this young leaders group that Greenpeace actually sent on the Greenpeace Rainbow Warrior ship to, to the meetings to like get young people to talk to these, you know, very wealthy panels, white right. men you know, basically, and he's from Uganda and he, and he talks about how, how real climate change is in, in Uganda and how there's so many people who are climate refugees for drought, flooding, you name it. But uh, back to the technology issues, we, we, we just couldn't connect. Like we tried every single app that I use. Um, and, and then, and then we finally got a decent connection. Then it was raining and <laughs> I couldn't hear his voice. Then we, we called again, he was at home and there's like mm. babies in the background mm. and he's in and out. So eventually you know, I said, I, I'm glad we got to talk, but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to record, I'm going to send you my questions and just record on your phone, the answers and email them to me. Yeah. And I edited everything together and that's, and it, and it came out sounding as if we're having the conversation, but again, his story for those technical reasons and for equity reasons and geographic reasons, his story wouldn't be told by many people. Um, he's easily overlooked. He's a young man. He just doesn't have any wealth. He's, he's highly educated and really smart and really dedicated, but he lives in Uganda, you know? And, and so, yeah, to your point, we have to get creative and I'm not going to let the technology get in the way of telling the story. We're going to tell the story because yeah. it's, it's going to take a little extra effort and creative thinking on how we do it. Yeah. 
I say it all the time, terrific. Um, Ryan, as much as I hate to say it, I think that's probably a good place to stop if we're going to stick to our short format. So uh, thanks for reaching out. We had a little bit of trouble, took us a couple of months, and then we had a mutual friend who was like, you know, Ryan, Craig, Craig, Ryan. So um, I'm <laughs> really happy that we got a chance to talk together. I'm glad that you and your family are safe. I had heard about those fires from somebody else that I know who lives up north of Boulder. Um, so I'm glad to hear that that was a harrowing yet uneventful story. So, But well, thanks thank for you. taking the time today. You know, thanks, Greg, and thanks for the work that you do. I think it's really important for our community, which, to your point earlier, is we're kind of isolated by nature, especially yeah. someone like me who has a thematic podcast, um, to to reach back out and re um, connect with people who do the the same work and art that we do. And I and I appreciate the work that you do. Well, thank you, thank you very much, and thanks for putting in all the hard effort on climate work because that needs to be done too. Okay, cool. Uh, thanks. See you later. Bye.